This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. On today's podcast episode, I'm going to be giving you five strategies to stop your obsession with food. Now, I want to talk first about why on earth we can become preoccupied, food focused and can feel like everything in our lives is food related. So when I go over these five strategies, I'm going to give you some tangible tips to be able to implement into your daily life, to be able to build a healthier relationship with food, but also shift your focus away from food. And then what I'm also going to delve into is why that is the case. So the first thing I want to go over when it does come to food focus is the majority of the time it'll come down to a couple of things. First of all, when we think about going into any kind of calorie deficit. So let's just say that you are you're in a deficit at the moment or you've been in a deficit for quite some period of time. Regardless of how much fat you have to lose, your body will perceive that as a stress, right? So I've spoken about this before. Let's just say you actually need to lose body fat for your overall health. You are, your body's still going to perceive that as a negative because it actually doesn't want to lose body fat. It doesn't know that you're choosing to eat in a calorie deficit. It just thinks that there's not enough food around, right? So what's the first thing it's going to do in order for you to, for it to be able to get more nutrients or more calories is for you to become kind of like hyper aware or hyper fixated on food. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's the first thing to think about, right? So let's just say you're in a calorie deficit. That just comes a part of being in a deficit. You will become more food focused purely for that reason. But what we want to do is really get down to the root cause of why you are feeling that way. So I'm going to now, so we've got that out the way, right? And I'm going to be able to give you some strategies when it does come to being in a calorie deficit on how to manage that food focus. But the first thing I want to talk about is your relationship with food, because this is a huge one. When we work with our girls, even as we are increasing their calories, a lot of them will say to us, especially initially in those first few months of working with us, like I feel like number one, my hunger has increased and I'm almost more food focused. And this can make you feel really scared because you're already sort of fearful of increasing calories, right? And now you're increasing calories, but you've got this like level of hunger that you feel like you just cannot satisfy. And a lot of that comes down to your overall belief around food. So what I want to talk about now is the way that we view foods and the way that we label them. So we talk about not labeling food as good and as bad, right? But just seeing food for what it is. Whenever we, at any point in our life, and even if you think about a little kid, right? When they're told not to do something, they're kind of more intrigued with that thing. So as soon as we tell ourselves we can't have something, we obviously want it. And that's just a part of human nature. Now, the issue with this is that as we get older, we've got these, we've got these mental 
I guess, like limitations that we set on ourselves when it comes to the kinds of foods that we consume. So we label usually foods that are processed or got high amount of calories in them as bad because majority of the time we think they're not good for our health, but also they're going to make us gain weight, right? Like if we're honest with ourselves, that's usually why. Now, what that what can happen then is you are, by not allowing yourself to have that food, then that food has some kind of a control over you. So it's bad for you if you consume it. You know, the feelings that are associated with that, which are usually feelings of guilt and shame. And so now you're giving all of this power to this food, which then in turn can make you hyperfixate on that food. So what do we do to be able to build a healthier relationship with food? I spoke about this in my last podcast episode about there not being a perfect time when it comes to trying to build a healthier relationship with food, but in fact, just taking action regardless of how you're feeling because you have already created this scenario for yourself where food is essentially or that type of food is the enemy, right? So that's not going to change one day. You're not going to wake up and just feel like, do you know what? I like am so cool and I'm just going to use this example because this might be something that you feel uncomfortable eating. Let's just say like a donut, (laughs) which is delicious, right? So you're consuming this donut and you are going to feel these feelings of guilt, of shame, of regret because you've labelled that as a food that's bad. Now you're not going to wake up tomorrow and think, do you know what, I actually have completely changed my stance on donuts. You're not. The only way you're going to do that is to expose yourself to that food. So the first tangible little challenge I have for you here about healing your relationship with food and not labelling foods as good and bad is actually incorporating those foods into your diet. Now, I want this to be achievable for you. So this is what I want you to do. Get a pen and paper. I want you to make a list of foods that you feel somewhat uncomfortable consuming. Now, you can start off with the top of that list being the foods that are a complete no-go, so foods that like freak you out. And then as you work your way down that list, you can have foods that you think, you know, I don't like to eat these very often. They do cause me a little bit of anxiety or stress when I do consume them, but they feel more, it feels more achievable for me to maybe potentially add that into my diet. And that's what I want you to do. So I want you to start including those foods and let's start with the bottom of that list. So the foods that feel a little bit easier and once per week in a small portion, it doesn't need to be a large amount. I want you to include that into your diet. Here is the wild thing. When you expose yourself to that food over a period of time, it is crazy how you will no longer have this need, desire, focus on this particular food. And it is purely psychological because you've allowed yourself to consume it. It's like when they say people have fear of, I don't know, heights, right? And they encourage people to challenge that. The more that they challenge that, the more they understand that the fear that they have around that thing is pretty much irrational. And it is. You know, foods that we fears that we have around foods are completely irrational. They're not going to kill us. So if we expose ourselves to that food, I'm telling you over time, that food will not have control over you anymore. Quick interruption. So if you want to win a $100 Gymshark voucher, I give one away per month to anyone that leaves a rating, review and subscribes to the podcast. All you need to do is take a screenshot of that rating, review, send it to me on Instagram at GirlFitMethodPodcastInstagramPage and you will go into the running. All right, back to the podcast. 
So that's my, that's the first strategy that I want you to implement. So make that list. And this is, it's probably the hardest to be honest with you, especially if you feel like you've set some pretty hard boundaries when it comes to certain foods and consuming them, but it is pivotal in order for you to shift your focus away from food. Okay. So number two is going to be breaking the dieting cycle. So another reason that a lot of girls and maybe you are very food focused is going to be because you are chronically dieting or you're always trying to eat less, right? Now, let's talk about the impacts of dieting psychologically and how we can have psychological hunger that actually isn't us physically feeling hungry. So um that can definitely happen when we're in a calorie deficit, especially for a prolonged period of time, because you will realize if this is you, that you probably don't actually have much of an appetite. So you might feel the need to want to consume foods in an amount that's like excessive. However, when you think about it, you're actually not hungry. It's a psychological hunger. So in order to get around this, and there is no two ways about it, you need to get yourself out of that deficit. You need to start eating more, allowing yourself to eat more to be able to shift your focus away from food. Now, how do we do this? This is going to come down to you setting yourself goals that have got absolutely nothing to do with the way that your body looks, whether that's weight loss, fat loss, I don't know, whatever it is, right? I need you to set yourself a challenge that is going to enable you to really be able to celebrate what your body can do rather than what it looks like. Because if you go into this hyper-focused still on the way that your body looks, trying to eat more, all you're going to do is make the whole process so much more difficult because you're holding on to the fact that you're not, you're not liking where you're at, you're wanting to lose weight, but you're in, a, you're in a season or a nutrition phase where that's not what you're doing. So your actions aren't supporting that end goal for you. And so you're just setting yourself up for more stress and for failing. So what you need to do is set yourself a performance goal. I don't know, it could be anything. It could be like running five kilometres or it could be being able to squat a certain amount or do a chin-up or do a push-up on your toes. Something that is performance-based. Okay, let's get into number three. Now, this is all about how we use food in most cases to deal with our emotions. Regardless of who we are, I think every single person has a unique relationship with food and it is so incredibly common that we use food to numb our feelings. You know, and you probably heard of this as being emotional eating. So when you're stressed, when you're feeling down, maybe even when you're feeling good, you can turn to food as a way to celebrate when you're feeling good or a way to numb how you're feeling or to distract yourself. Now, you know, even if I think about my own culture, right? So I'm Greek and and food is a massive part of our culture and we do use food as a way to celebrate things that happen in life. And in fact, I would even say the way that I was brought up, food was used as a comfort as well. Now that's not necessarily bad, but the problem is, is that when that's the only thing we are relying on to deal with any of our issues, that becomes a problem. Talk a lot about making sure that you've got a whole range of different tools in your toolkit to be able to deal with life stresses. So if all you're doing is turning to food, then food becomes your everything, right? You require that in order to feel better, which is not going to serve you. So what do we need to do? Challenge 
for this and overcoming that emotional eating is ensuring that you are going to look at other ways to be able to manage stress in your life, right? So that could look like journaling. It could look like meditation. And I know they sound a little bit wah-wah, but truth is, is they actually work. However, you don't necessarily, like, it doesn't need to be just that. It could be going and catching up with a friend. It could be, I don't know, going on a holiday, like rewarding yourself if you're wanting to celebrate in other ways that aren't food related. And if you're feeling really average and you're feeling really stressed, then thinking about ways that you can calm your nervous system. How can you work through your thoughts, getting out, getting some sun, going for a walk, or just trusting somebody that, talking to somebody that you really trust, whether that's a friend, family member. And do you know what? If you feel like there's no one in your life that you can really do that with, seeking a therapist is going to be very, very helpful because usually when we have this emotional attachment to food, it's quite deep-seated. It's not this surface-level issue, but it's something that has usually come from childhood and that is something that you're going to be best working through with a therapist and can be really, really, really helpful. Psst. I just need to share a quick message with you all. So listen, if you are stuck under eating, over-exercising and seeing no changes in your body and you are ready to make that change, head down to the show notes. We have an application form for our one-on-one coaching program that includes our three-phased coaching method that has helped women across the world find food freedom and improve the look of their body. All right, back to the podcast episode. Okay, number four is going to be kind of along the same lines of what I was just touching on, and that is seeking support. Doing things alone is really hard, especially when we feel like we don't have those tools, right, to be able to implement, to deal with our mental health or to deal with really stressful times. We need people in our corner to be able to support us. And if we're trying to rely on ourselves in those times and we're feeling like we're not our best, how on earth can you expect yourself to not fall back into old habits that don't serve you? You need someone to be able to, number one, keep you accountable, number two, encourage you, and even shine a light on, hey, do you know you were doing really well, you know, for this two, three-week period, and then I'm seeing your behaviour changing. Why is that? So they can actually help you identify certain triggers. Once again, I would really highly recommend going and seeing a psychologist seeking a therapist if that feels way too overwhelming for you right now once again you want to find someone that find someone that you really trust that you know cares for you and that you can even just start that conversation with but do not try to do this alone so that's the first thing I want you to do is either seek out someone that you can a professional or just think about who have you got in your circle that you can really trust okay Number five, now having a, okay, number five is going to be a balanced diet and making sure you're eating enough protein. This is a very, very practical point. And this is going to be my last one, but you'll be surprised how many of you are food focused because you actually are just not consuming throughout the day or consuming the right amounts of food. So if you are someone that's really busy, that forgets to eat, you can then get into a bit of a habit of eating in the evenings, over-consuming, becoming very food-focused purely because you actually just haven't fueled your body adequately, right? The other thing is that if you are trying to eat in a calorie deficit or you're trying to eat less, lots of girls will calorie hoard and they'll only, like, they'll try to push all their calories into the evening, which is going to be a, a massive issue because 
all you're doing is sitting through your work day or you're studying or you're at school and all you're thinking is, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm not allowed to eat yet, I'm not allowed to eat yet. And I see this also with people that do intermittent fasting for fat loss is that all they do is think about food when they're not allowed to eat it and then all that leads to is over-consuming and you're just you know, building upon having a really unhealthy relationship with food. So you need to make sure that you are consuming food at regular periods throughout the day. That also helps with your energy levels and keeping your blood sugar levels really nice and um, consistent throughout the day as well, which is going to help you not be so food focused, obviously. You know, when we are low on energy, if you've if you've noticed that when you've had a really bad night's sleep and you're really fatigued, you can tend to want to gravitate towards thinking about eating things in particular that are high in sugar because your poor body just needs energy. So making sure that you are having small meals throughout the day and that's going to mean you need to be organised. So this is going to be my little challenge for the last strategy is meal prepping. So thinking about even just the night before, okay, what am I consuming tomorrow? What are my main three meals? What snacks do I need to implement? Making sure that all of those meals have a good amount of protein, which is really going to help as well. So you're setting yourself up for success rather than kind of just leaving it to the day. And if you're the kind of person that feels really fearful of consuming more throughout the day because you're worried, you know, you're not going to have enough calories in the evening to be able to eat, challenge yourself here, small. So I want you to just start bringing your meals forward, even like an hour, right? This week, that's what I want you to do. Bring it forward an hour. Then next week, I want you to bring forward your first meal, two hours. Make it achievable for yourself. I absolutely promise you, I have this conversation with our girls all the time and they are so scared to do it. And then they're like, by the evening, they they feel satisfied because they've consumed enough food throughout the day. This is all psychological. But it's going to require you to have to step out of your comfort zone and do the thing that makes you feel really scared in order to build that healthier relationship with food and stop thinking about food 24-7. All right, that is it for this podcast episode. What I want you to do is if you are going to implement any of these challenges, I want you to send me a DM. Let me know how you go. I will keep you accountable. You can even tag me, pop it onto your stories, um, and I'll check in with you to make sure that you're following through. All right, guys, that is it from me. Big love, Coach Tash.